want you to grab your Bibles tonight. I want to do a few things tonight. Just grab your Bible. Turn to any book that you wish. <laughs> Kidding. I'd like you to go to 1 Samuel. <laughs> I'd like you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 1. And I have a few things that I need to do tonight. I want to share some things right out of Washington, D.C. that are so upon my heart, but I also want to honor the mothers and release a word in the house. And so I'm going to segue to a number of things tonight that I feel are pertinent, and uh, the Lord's going to just carry me and help me tonight to release this word. I want to speak to you for the next few moments if you're taking some notes, and I would encourage you to do that. I want to speak to you about the cry for life. The cry for life. Somebody say that tonight, the cry for life. There is a cry right now in the earth and in heaven for life. I want to say that again. I want to say that again. There is a cry in the earth right now and in the heavens for life, for the ending of this scourge, of this abomination that has taken over 62 million lives in the United States of America since 1973, me and Bren's birth year, I believe we have come to an epic shift and an epic moment of mercy and grace to triumph over judgment in the United States of America. Hallelujah! I believe it. I believe we are coming into a historic, supreme moment, a time in America like we have never seen, we've never known. Truly the overturning of Roe v. Wade after nearly 50 years. Come on, church. I'll tell you what, I've been dreaming with God. I've been dreaming awake. I couldn't sleep, so I've, I've had the dream awake. <laughs> I'll tell you more about that later. I've been dreaming that tomorrow on Mother's Day of 2022 that we receive the official announcement of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Wouldn't that be epic? Be absolutely epic to the glory of God. I've just flown in from Washington, D.C. just several hours ago, and um, what a trip it has been. Amazing trip. Challenging trip, but amazing trip. And so I want to look to the Word for just the next few moments. I want to speak to you about the cry for life. And I think all of you that are attached to this house understand it is part of the cry of who we are as a tribe and as a family. Amen. We burn for this. We burn for this. I know and recognize that many pulpits will be very silent about this, unfortunately, this Sunday throughout our country, but we cannot deny where God is taking us as a people. Amen? Amen. And we're warring for victory, and we're going to war, and we're going to win. I said we're going to war, and we're going to win. I'm in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Amazing story tonight. I want to use this as a prophetic blueprint for us as a company, as a people. This amazing story of Hannah's life, and I'm going to pick it up right out of verse 2, as Hannah is introduced to us in Elkanon, he had two wives, 
One of the wife's name was Hannah, obviously, and the other was Paniah. And Paniah had children, and Hannah had no children. And this man went up to the city, his city, nearly, or yearly, excuse me, <laughs> yearly, to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. I want you to underli- underline that, Shiloh, just to give you an understanding of what we're talking about when we, we say Shiloh. Each year they would go up to the place of Shiloh, and that's where the the tabernacle, once Moses had passed away and Joshua became their commander-in-chief and their leader, once they crossed over the Jordan River, they came into Shiloh. They set up the tabernacle of meeting there in that city. Some of you that are, have went to Israel with me and Brennan will remember going to Shiloh. It was epic. And the Ark of the Covenant rested there in the tabernacle for 369 years. That was its resting place where all of Israel would go, and they would worship, and the priests would minister unto the Lord there. And so each year, it says that they were going up to Shiloh, also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, and the priest of the Lord were there. And whenever they came for Elkanon to make uh, an offering, he would give portions to Paniah, his wife, and all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give her a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her. Of course, we knew, know that was Paniah. Provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. And so it was year by year. Make sure you're, you're sure you see that. Year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept, and she did not eat. Follow these words. (laughs) Then Elkanon, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart so grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Let me just pause right there. Men, have you ever heard something so stupid come out of your mouth that you are literally seeing it in the air and and it's piercing through the atmosphere and you wish to God that you could reach out and grab those silly words and shove those right back in your life. Can I just see any honest men in the room? Oh, we've got a few there. We've got a few. This is almost like classic narcissist here. I mean, he's like, hey, baby, I mean, I mean, check me out. Check me out. I mean, am I not better to you than 10 sons? I mean, just look at your man. Drink it in. I mean, come on. Am I not better to you than 10 sons? So Hannah arose after she had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, and now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. I don't want you to miss that. We're talking tonight about the cry for life. Look at this. It says she was in bitterness of soul. She prayed to the Lord. She wept in anguish. I want you to write this down. There was pain in her prayer. There was pain in her prayer. She wept. She was in anguish. And then she made a vow and she said, O Lord of hosts, If you will indeed look upon the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. That was the Nazarite vow. Verse 12, and it it happened 
as she continued to pray before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth, but Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought that she was drunk. And so Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah, she answered and said, oh, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and my grief, I have spoken until now. And then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, let the maidservant of the Lord find favor in his sight. And so the woman went her way, and she ate, and her face was no longer sad. That means she was encouraged. Amen? Verse 19, and then they arose early in the morning. They worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elkanon knew Hannah, his wife, meaning he had intimacy with her. And the Lord remembered her, and so as it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Oh, I love that. The Lord has remembered me. The Lord has remembered me and named him Samuel because I have asked of him from the Lord. The next several verses, it says that, once she had Samuel, she weaned him. She kept him back during each year to wean him and raise him for the specific time. She came into agreement with Elkanon to withhold him before she presented Samuel to the Lord at the temple. And then we jump down to verse 27, 28. I want you to grab hold of this tonight. She said, for this child I have prayed. Mm. Lord has, the Lord has granted me my petitions that I have asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He shall be lent unto the Lord. And so they worshiped the Lord there. Father, I, t I pray in these next few moments in time that your anointing would just uncap in this place Holy Spirit, that you would re release revelation and wisdom and the cry, the cry of life in this house, Lord, the cry of life in this house for birthing and giving birth, Lord, now to your dream and your desire for the United States of America. Let it come forth in the name of Jesus. And I pray for prophetic revelation and illumination to hit this place and the opening of our spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing I want us to see tonight is the intensity of her prayers and the intensity of her intercession gave birth to a mighty national prophet to Israel. Grab hold of that tonight. Bren's already declared this. this. This family that became revolutionary, this family even of Moses that gave birth to deliverers, Hannah's intercession, Hannah's prayers, her travailing, her pain in her prayers was able to give birth. You, you got to see this tonight. It was able to give birth to something extraordinary. It was able to give birth to something supernatural. 
And that's what the Lord is calling at this hour. I believe we are about to give birth to something epically supernatural right now in the earth. I believe it. Come on. His name was Samuel. He was anointed to care for the kings of Israel. He anointed Saul, we know, and then David, who God had chosen unto himself. I'm using this tonight, this story, as a prophetic blueprint for us. I'm using it here tonight for us to begin to cry out to carry and to give birth to a move of God just like Hannah did. She gave birth to something beyond just a man. She gave birth to literally a movement, a move of God, a prophetic move in the earth, a move of revival even for here and now. There is natural birth and there is spiritual birth. Say that tonight. There is natural birth and there's spiritual birth. Say it with me again tonight. There's natural birth and there's spiritual birth. Mothers, amazingly, they have just the glory of feeling a child, a baby, moving within them. Amazing. I think of the story tonight when, when Elizabeth was carrying John the Baptist and Mary went carrying Jesus. And the moment that Elizabeth heard the sound of Mary's voice, John the Baptist literally leapt inside of her womb at her coming and the presence of the Lord in the atmosphere. And it says that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit at that moment and began to speak forth and prophesy. Isn't that amazing? Powerful. Powerful. Hannah was a real woman. She carried a dream on the inside of her. She had a cry in her heart. She had a cry in her soul. And the cry was to give birth to a son. But not only to give birth, but she was one who made a consecration. She was one that made a vow unto the Lord that, Lord, if you give me the dream of my heart, I will in turn give this gift back to you. As she said, this child shall be lent unto the Lord all the days of his life. Yes, this day this child shall be lent. She saw herself giving over her greatest gift for God's best. Hannah reveals to us the pure heart of a mother. And that pure heart of a mother is selflessness. I didn't say selfishness, I said selflessness. Hannah reveals to us the selflessness of the intercessor, the prayer mother desiring her gift, desiring her son, but said, God, I will give him over to you all the days of his life to be consecrated unto your purpose. Mothers are those who nurture, amen? They're those that nurture, and I want to welcome my mom tonight. I know that she's watching online. Mom, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Mothers nurture. They, they care. They raise up. Mothers build. Mothers instruct. Mothers love. Mothers discipline. Mothers bring children into the the Lord's divine purpose for their life. Mothers guide their children into the dreams that God has set into their spirit. Amen? 
Hannah offered her greatest treasure, the dream of her life, to turn him back over to God. Maybe tonight, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe in May of 2022, it's not really controversial, it's not provocative to say, but I think it needs to be said that men cannot give birth to babies. And we're also not going to bow down to anyone who tries to force us to believe that and say that. Can I get an amen? We haven't evolved, ladies and gentlemen. The vile left is not going to make us evolve, right? We have a biblical precedent. God is not going to change his mind about this, ladies and gentlemen. Childbirth, I want you to write this down. Childbirth is the honor and the glory of a woman from Almighty God. Childbirth is the honor and the glory of a woman from Almighty God. 6,000 years of human precedent on this earth says that God firmly established birth to come forth from a woman, from a mother. No one, and I mean no one, regardless of how insane they are, is going to change that truth. This is awesome. <laughs> Mothers understand the supernatural miracle of birth. Mothers understand the supernatural miracle of birth. Mothers understand the mystery of what it feels like to carry another human being, to carry another human life within them. Think of that. Some of you moms are remembering that, thinking about the movements to carry a life within you. Mothers understand the breaking of waters. Funny story. I, re I remember when Bren's water broke with Josiah. Wow, the waters didn't break. It was a river dam break. It just, <laughs> it was unprecedented. And then I remember when we were getting close to Victoria's birth, and Bren woke me up in the middle of the night, and she said these words. She's like, I, I think my water just broke. I'm like, honey, if you think it broke, it did not break. I was there last time, and I saw the damn break. <laughs> I didn't just cuss. I said the damn break, right? And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. My water did break. It's time to go. And I mean, we were out of bed in a flash, <laughs> and off we went. But mothers understand the breakings of water. Mothers understand what it's like to have a human life within them, to feel the movements of their child, of their baby within them. Mothers understand birth pains. Wow. Mothers understand the aggressive pushing that is required for birth. You see how the ladies are not saying amen to <laughs> Something I wrote today is mothers understand pushing through the pain. I think this is so key. This is so important. Mothers understand pushing through the pain. Now, I'm using this tonight as a prophetic blueprint for us of giving birth to what God is going to unleash in our country. Mothers understand the focus 
Listen to this. Mothers understand the focus that is required for their bodies to cooperate with the birthing process and then release their child. Am I right, ladies? That you've got to focus. You've got to channel your body in such a way and participate participate and cooperate with your body in such a focus for the time of the release of that child. Like Hannah, mothers understand the travail of birth, but mothers also understand the glory of birth. It's awesome. I love this weekend. It's a time that we set apart to honor our mothers, and I honor you too, Bren, as the mother in this house and an amazing mother in our house. Amen. She's a great mother. Josiah and Victoria are so blessed. I'm so blessed. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, it says, Honor your father and your mother. Honor your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. I love this. It's a blessing of longevity, the longevity of life. By esteeming your mother, you can increase your life. By honoring your mother, blessing your mother, esteeming your mother, longevity of life and quality of life can be yours. Isn't that powerful? The blessing, the residual blessing that God wants to impart through your legacy in your life is attached to honoring your mother. That's powerful. It's a powerful thought. And God was, he's, he's beyond genius. He's the one that thought of it. He's the one that decreed it and announced it and said, if you will do this, I will bless you and I will favor you and I will increase your life. I love this. I love how Jesus honored his mother. And I want to take you into this story for just a moment in Cana of Galilee. It was at a wedding feast. We remember this, right? It was, a, it was at a wedding feast, and there is Mary now coming to Jesus and letting him know that the wine is now growing thin, right? And everyone's kind of perplexed, not knowing what to do, but yet Mary begins to activate her faith. She begins to put a demand upon Jesus by using her faith. And then she turns to those that are stewarding the wedding. How many of you remember this if you saw it on The Chosen? As I'm thinking about it, I'm just, I'm just seeing those moments even now when Jesus' hands are just dipped down into that, that vessel and they come up with the new wine. Oh, my gosh. I wept all through that episode. Actually, I weep through all of them. But I love how Jesus honored his, mo his mom. I love the interaction there as, as Mary put a demand upon Jesus with her faith. And Jesus was like, I'm going to honor my mother. It's time. Isn't that awesome? Proverbs chapter 31, put it in your notes tonight, verse 28 and 29. It says, for a mother, her children will rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you have surpassed them all. I love that. Your children will rise up and call you blessed. Mothers are to receive praise. It's so quiet in here. I didn't have any mom say amen to that. Mothers are to receive praise. They are. They're to receive honor. Mothers are to receive love. 
for the investment of life that they've given. Your children will raise up and call you blessed. Mothers are clothed with dignity. This is Proverbs chapter 31, verse 25. It says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Oh, I love that. Mothers are clothed with strength. Mothers are clothed with dignity. 3 John chapter 1, verse 4. I thought this was so beautiful for tonight. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I believe this is so especially true for mothers that see their children abiding in that joy of seeing their children now raised up and walking in the truth, walking in the, in the relationship with the Holy Spirit, walking in the Word. There's no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Isn't that beautiful? Psalm chapter 127, verse 3, put it in your notes, children are the heritage from the Lord and an offspring, a reward from Him. Children are the mother's reward, the mother's reward, the favor of the Lord. Proverbs 31 and verse 31, it says, honor her for all her hands have done. Oh, that's good. And let her works bring her praise at the city gates. Mothers deserve honor for the work of their hands have been established. Take this, Lord. Let this go deep tonight. Let this go deep tonight, Lord. May we stand back and receive this freshly, thinking about the works of our mother's hands, everything that they've set their hands to to touch, everything that they've set their hands to to bless, that their works will be established, that their works will be blessed and glorify God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, it says, Rather it should be, that of your inner self, the unfading beauty and a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. I love how this is worded because it's saying the beautiful gems inside a mother is carrying sacred beauty within them. There is a sacredness to mothers. There's a holy gift. These are gems within them. That gentle and beautiful, quiet spirit, God says, I'm attracted to that. There's something beautiful and holy and attracted. I'm attracted to that. I couldn't think of any better description of moms today than 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I want to put it into a picture of a mother. And I'm going to begin to read in verse 4. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. I will tell you tonight, I believe that's the greatest picture of a mother. And I can say that's the picture of Josiah and Victoria's mother of our house. It's a beautiful picture. Moses spoke a lot about raising up our children, about teaching them, instructing them in the word, mentoring 
them into the Word, remembering the promises of God, remembering the presence of God. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, it says, These commands I give you today, today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them as you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. I want to say tonight that moms are the real teachers. Moms are the real instructors. They're the real build, builders. Moms are the coaches. Moms are the mentors. Moms, today we honor you for the gift of life that you bring. We honor you for your wisdom and we honor you for your instruction. We honor you for your discipline. I honor you too, mom. You are a gift from God. Amen. Amazing that right now at the very centerpiece of where we are at, at the precipice of the United States of America, women are right in the bullseye. And there is a cry coming up out of the earth, and it's coming up out of our nation, and it's coming out of the heavens and it's a cry for life. It's a cry for the unborn. There is a desire for the Lord to remove this scourge and this curse off of our land. It is His desire. I want to speak for the next few moments, just segueing and then make my way back to Hannah. Monday night, um, we were, Brent and I were out, and then we got home into the evening hours, and then my phone just began to explode about the Supreme Court leak. How many of you were stunned? I was stunned, blown away. The leak concerning Roe v. Wade. How many of you are on the same page? Okay, you're still here with me. That's good. I was blown away. Tuesday morning um, when I got up, I had something on my heart before I even got out of bed that the Lord was just, just... I'm just praying through. And then I was putting it aside, and then suddenly the Spirit of God just absolutely fell on me in such a way that uh, actually Henry was at our house, and Bren and the kids were at the house, and I just needed to be alone with God. I was actually hiding in my master bathroom or my master bedroom closet. And I did not want what was happening with me and the Lord to lift up off of me. And I began to intercede concerning what was about to happen at the Supreme Court. I began to intercede for the justices. I was just moved by the Spirit of God. And it didn't lift. It got heavier and heavier and heavier to the point where it literally felt like my, my chest was just exploding with intercession. And it was fire prayer. I've had it happen many times, but this was not lifting. And I just burst burst with tears, overwhelmed, and saying, God, let this be the hour of deliverance. Let this be the hour of deliverance. Let it come now. All of the prayers, all the fasting, all the intercession, decades of faithful, faithful warriors, faith, faithful mothers and fathers interceding for this scourge to be removed from our country. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Son, I need you to come now with me again back to the Supreme Court 
And he said, and let's finish this. Now that really stuck. And I said, okay, Lord, I will do that. I said, but I need the strategy. I need you to show me the strategy. What would you have me to do? And I said, and Lord, even if you don't speak to me the strategy until I get before the Supreme Court, I will go. But I'm asking you, Lord, please give me the strategy. Brent came into the room. I was completely overwhelmed. I couldn't hardly talk to her. I was weeping so hard I could barely speak to her. I was having difficulty communicating. And she said, Brian, I know you're supposed to go to the Supreme Court. You need to go. I said, yeah, that's exactly what the Lord is saying to me. He said, it's time. He desires for me to return, and let's finish this. I said, but I don't know what the strategy is. I don't know how the Lord would have me go about this. I really don't understand the, the, how to walk out this assignment. Brenda disappeared from the room, and she came back into the room. I was just stabilizing myself against the bed, and she walked up to me, and she put a bottle in my hand. And I looked at the bottle for a moment. I was trying to think, what are we doing here? And that's when I realized what it was. I had not seen that bottle of water since September of 2019, September 2019. That night, Steve Hansen and I, Steve is on our board, many of you know Steve, we were in Dallas, Texas. We were at Glory of Zion at Chuck Pierce's church, and the Lord was really speaking to us that evening to go downtown to the Trinity River that flows through Dallas. Now, why is this important? Because this is where Roe v. Wade was argued and became law out of our country. It started in Dallas. It was instituted first then in the state of New York and then went throughout the country. So God had given us an instruction to go down and gather the waters out of the Trinity. And then at the Lord's timing and the Lord's instruction, we were going to take that to the Supreme Court and present it before the Lord where the genesis and the beginning of this was loosed on our country and speak redemption and speak a better word and release an overturning of what was released on our country. Are you tracking with me? I was blown away, just stunned. And I said, this is the time, this is the strategy. About half an hour after that, I was watching a video from Sean Foy speak to Lou Engle. How many of you saw that video just out of curiosity? Wow. Yeah. And so Sean was speaking to Lou Engle, and Lou, I just want just to move into this segment, what Lou shared. He said there was a woman from Nigeria who had had a recent dream. And in the dream, she sees Lou Engle standing before the Supreme Court, and he is standing there with the life tape, the red life tape over his mouth. They've been doing that now for decades, out there praying. Intercessors have been out there year after year after year, interceding for abortion to be overturned, for Roe v. Wade to be overturned. And in the dream, this Nigerian woman walks up to Lou Engle. She takes hold of the life tape, rips it off of his mouth, and she takes another piece of tape, and she puts it on his forehead, and on that tape it said, it is finished. (laughs) 
I about shot through the ceiling of our master bedroom. It is finished. I went back into the closet and began to pray that and declare that before the Lord. But then the Lord reminded me of something more personal, and I'm going to share that tonight. I did not share this on the torch. I didn't feel it was appropriate to, to put that out, and I feel like tonight is the night to do that. Many of you know that I've traveled with Dutch Sheets, and there's a team of, of about 20 and 25 of us that have went throughout the country and, and did many assignments, especially during the election time. But there was one of the gifts that were part of our team. His name is Don Lynch, and Don is in the cloud of witnesses right now. He's not been in heaven very long. He unexpectedly was taken to be with the Lord. Don was an amazing apostle from Jacksonville, Florida, incredible man of God, very seasoned gift of God, used globally, was a dear friend of Dutch and C.C. Sheets. But weeks before Don went to be with the Lord, he shared something. He said the Lord had identified to him something about one of the individuals in the team, and that was Brian. He called me Brian the Lion. <laughs> he said... The Holy Spirit identified to me something about Brian, that Brian carries a finishing anointing. He said, I don't completely understand this, but the Lord identified that he has a finishing anointing, and he's going to finish this in D.C. And at the right time, God's going to release him, and he's going to go out before us, and he's going to finish this. I'm not amplifying or magnifying my little piece because I've just stepped into decades of faithful fathers and mothers and intercessors who have been believing God for this, for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I've just stepped into a continuum of faith. And that's what we do. We activate our faith. We, we, we step into our part. And we realize this is so much bigger than us, but we activate our faith and we go forth decreeing the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And that's what we did. I asked God for the strategy. Bren brought the bottle and the Lord spoke. Also, Steve had gathered the water out of the Hudson River in New York City. <laughs> Something. And then what I didn't expect is one of our intercessors right here brought me some water that she had taken from the Jordan River four years ago and said, Brian, I believe you're to take this as well. Isn't that good? Now, if this is kind of odd to you, I just I want to give you some just prophetic um, precedent, some biblical precedent. Put it in your notes tonight. It's 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2, and this is where Elisha actually poured salt in the bitter waters of Jericho to heal the waters. Now, I'm not calling myself a prophet, right? But I'm giving you biblical precedent that the Lord will speak to us at times unusual things. I've said this before. You don't have to have understanding up front. You have to have faith. Say this. Faith comes first. Understanding comes later. Say it again. Faith comes first. Faith comes first. Understanding, comes understanding comes later. 
So the Lord may speak to you something very peculiar. He's looking for an act of obedience. Your worship unto God is obedience. That's really how God measures your worship in your life. It's your obedience. So the Lord had given us this instruction to gather these waters, take it to the Supreme Court, and speak and decree and release again our repentance, our breaking over America, breaking the allegiance to the spirit of death that has been released through the gateway of the Supreme Court and release life and enthrone the Lord over the Supreme Court and apply His blood so that mercy can triumph over judgment. Come on, church. I've been to the Supreme Court many, many times. Many times. I can't even count how many. And in my mind's eye, and I even sat down with Josiah, Victoria, and Bryn. I said, guys, I want you to know that, that when I go, I'm not going to go when there's upheaval and it's just absolute chaos at the Supreme Court. I said, I'm probably going to go in the late hours, probably after midnight or one in the morning. And I've done that with many intercessory friends. And we've been out there with just the cops and ministered to the cops and prayed with them and spent time with them and then went right up to the top of the steps and prayed at the door for hours. And I, in my mind, I thought, surely that's probably what's going to happen. Until the following morning, I opened the news and saw that the gates had been set up around, completely around the building. And I said, okay, Lord, well, evidently you've got a fresh strategy for us. And he did. <laughs> so... As Steve and I, I went up a day before Steve, and Steve flew in the following morning, and I had had time to pray there, and group after group of young women had come in to protest, and I, I don't want to, I don't even want to spend a lot of time uh, even amplifying any of those things except to tell you my heart was so broken for these young women. My heart was so moved. For these young women that don't know what they're doing. It was like Jesus just crying out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. I was watching these precious girls yet vehemently say such horrendous things. My heart was broken. I began to cry out for their encounter with Jesus. I began to just stretch forth my hands and just pray for their deliverance, for their salvation, that one day... They would look back and say, I remember when I stood before the Supreme Court. I remember when this is what I was declaring and believing until I met my Savior Jesus and delivered me from this allegiance. And I believe that's coming. As Steve and I went to the, to the Supreme Court, of course, the the gates were set up completely around the facility. And so we took, actually in the hotel, we had such a powerful time. And I know so many, and I've, I've already thanked so many of you, but I want to say it again. I just thank you for the level of prayer and intercession that we've had over our lives. I'm, I'm just filled with gratitude for all of you. We were in the hotel room, and we were just preparing ourselves before the Lord, consecrating ourselves to the Lord, worshiping, opening the word, listening for the Lord. And I told Brent, I'd never felt such peace 
and resolve on an assignment. Sometimes I feel a lot of disturbance and a lot of turbulence. On this assignment, before we even left the hotel room, I felt an abundance of peace. Like, just overwhelming, like, yes, this is coming to its completion. So we left, we, we walked around the Supreme Court slowly. We were there for hours, but we, we went slowly our first roundabout. And then began to ask the Lord for the strategy on what we were to do as we were to take the waters and then begin to intercede and pray. And what we did is we went around the back side of the Supreme Court where the um, Florida Embassy is. And if you're looking at the Supreme Court from the south, the Supreme Court is on the southeast region, okay? And so we were in the back, and we were under a canopy, and the Lord began to give a strategy about how to pray for each corner. If you're looking at the map of the United States of America, to go then to the northeast corner first, then go to the, the uh, northwest corner, then to the southwest, and then we would come across the Gulf states, and then we would come over to Florida to finish out the east southeast sector of the United States. Y'all tracking with me? We felt we were to go to the four corners of the property to make our decrees, declare the turnaround, declare God's grace. Amen? Declare the divine re reversal and that it was finished. And so we went. Actually, I'm bypassing some stuff. Before we actually started, we had a lady just appear and totally demonized and manifested all over us. The cops ran over quickly. <laughs> Quite a story. It was crazy. And we just stood there and, and waited till she was done and finally disappeared. And then we said, okay, let's go into peace. So we went to the, the northeast corner and we began to make our decrees. We took the water, we poured, we went to the other corner. We went to the southwest. Something was very strategic about the southwest corner when we began to declare over Southern California into Nevada, into New Mexico, up into Arizona, Utah, out there in the west, that the Lord was going to preserve something very sacred, something very special. After this is overturned, that there's going to come great light and great power out of the southwest. It's going to be a preserving factor for the United States of America. We begin to declare that it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. We began to declare grace, grace over the sins and the iniquity of our land. We began to declare and decree God's release of mercy. We began to declare the release of God's plumb line being released into the Supreme Court, aligning us with his heart, aligning us with his word. We began to decree the blood of the Lord Jesus over the Supreme Court and over America. Guys, I'm telling you, these moments were spectacular in God. They were powerful in God. We began to decree over the justices. Once again, we began to bind them to the heart of God. That no amount of intimidation, no amount of fear 
that has been released now. And I know many of you have seen the news and you just don't, I don't want to magnify that. I don't want to do that. We just began to bind them to the heart of the Lord. We began to pray over their lives, pray over their children, their grandchildren, their homes, their travel and their vehicles, everywhere. Just began to bind them to the Lord and declare the Lord reigns over them. And that the fear of the Lord would keep them in his grip. And they would fulfill their divine purpose and their divine assignment to make sure Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Hallelujah. I believe we finished it. I believe we really finished it. Father, tonight we come together and we pray in unison and in unity, God, that the curse of the shedding of innocent blood will be forever removed, God, will be forever removed, oh God, from the United States of America. Cleanse our land, God. Cleanse us from our sin and iniquity, O oh God, and let your mercy triumph over judgment. We say tonight, it is finished. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. It's about the Lord's work. We just have to say yes to it. Friends, this is what I believe with all of my heart. I believe that awakening and revival is about to burst forth in the United States of America very soon. The covenantal blessing that God desires to pour out on America is connected with us disengaging from thrones of iniquity. And this is so important because the Supreme Court has become literally a throne of, of iniquity and sin, of defilement. It's been a throne of defilement. It's been a throne of perversion. It's been a throne of abomination. But I believe by God's great grace and his mercy that will now triumph, we will see the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And we will see awakening come at this tipping point. We will see revival. We will see other things, but we will see awakening and revival. I believe that this awakening, I believe that this revival is going to take us in 
to the greatest epic harvest of souls before the return of King Jesus. This is a finishing time. And I got to be honest with you, Mon Monday night I was stunned, stunned by this leak, stunned by the news. Had no idea that I would be in Washington, D.C. this week. But I'll tell you what, it has awakened something glorious in this country. Don't you worry about the awakening of the snakes and the dragons. Ha ha, ha You concern yourself about the awakening of the church and the ecclesia and the strengthening and the refreshing of the people of God that God is teaching his church to war and he's teaching his church to fight and how to win. I've said many times here at the church in closing, God would not get the ecclesia. And who is the ecclesia? It's the church that Jesus is building. He would not have gotten us pregnant with his desires and his, his will for America only to, to take us to a place of not giving birth. There's, it's impossible. And it's impossible for God to lie. He's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he said he will do it. He's going to do it. And he's always on time. He's never late. This has been such a time of celebration. We see victory. Can you taste it? Can you taste it? I mean it. Is your appetite for victory increasing? It's coming. This is what I want to encourage us to do tonight. I want us to be like Hannah. There is an outpouring of the Spirit for us to carry an outpouring of the Spirit for us to give birth to. But there's also an outpouring of the Spirit for us not to try to control and act like it's ours. It's the Lord's. And when it comes forth, we give it over to Him and say, now you do with it what you desire to do, Lord. Does that make sense? Does that connect with you? Hannah said, Lord, I will lend unto you this child all the days of his life. I believe we understand we don't have to be moms in this house that we are pregnant with destiny. We are pregnant with a move of the spirit, the spirit of awakening, the spirit of revival. We're going to give birth. It's going to come forth. God will take it. He's going to use it according to his purposes. And as for me in this house, I just want to say we are lent over completely to the purposes of God for such a time as this. Amen. 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 Let's stand. Hallelujah. Thanks for staying with me, guys. The Lord's just been holding me up tonight.
Father, I want to declare what you spoke over Zechariah, that you said that it is not by might, it is not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. It's by your Spirit. Let's lift our hands to the Lord tonight. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, do this. Spirit of God, bring this to completion. Spirit of God, hover over the Supreme Court. Spirit of God, hover over our nine justices. Spirit of God, hover over Washington, D.C. Lord, you are not done. You have not abandoned us. You have not left America to wither and die. You are the God of this nation. Lord, show us your power and your glory now. Let this be accomplished for your glory, and we will rejoice. We will rejoice, God. Lord, we can't imagine what your eyes have beheld. You've seen it all. You've seen every child. You've seen every mother. You have seen the oceans of bloodshed. Yet you have called to America. You have beckoned America to repent. To repent and renounce this abomination. And tonight again, God, we, stay, we say we stand with you and we repent. We repent for America. God, we renounce our evil and wicked ways, God. We get low and we humble ourselves. We ask you, God, to cleanse us. Cleanse us, God. Purify us, oh God. Purify America. Restore us, Lord. And though our sins be as scarlet, may they be washed white as snow. Father, I thank you for the waters that were poured and the waters that were released and the declarations that were declared. I thank you for the power and the witness of the Spirit that went forth. And I thank you that you've done it. And we call it done by faith. And Lord, we pray from sea to shining sea, the day of rejoicing is beckoning. The day of rejoicing and celebration is upon us. The day of rejoicing is about to dawn. Lord, my prayer, my prayer is that it is Mother's Day. Oh, God. Oh, my. I pray that it would be Mother's Day, Lord. But I say hasten the day. Let the zeal of the Lord accomplish this. Hasten the day. Hasten the day. Let the zeal of the Lord Finish this within these justices and let it spring forth. And Lord, we declare deliverance over the children of the United States of America. Freedom to captives. Deliverance 
to those that have been blinded. Lord, for the young women of our nation that have been so blinded, God, would you open the eyes of their heart? Pray that right now. Pray that. Just take hold of it. Ask God to just penetrate their heart. Penetrate their soul tonight, God. Deliver them from this evil, God. Let them see clearly. Let them see clearly. Give them an understanding heart, God. Give them a heart of repentance. Show us your miracle working power. I thank you, O God. I thank you, O God. It is being accomplished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's lift our voice. Let's pray in the Spirit throughout the, the entirety of the congregation tonight. Pray in the Spirit. Lord, we exalt your finished work on the cross. We exalt your finished work on the cross. We exalt your finished work on the cross. That it is finished. Let your blood flow to America. Let your blood flow and deliver us from evil, O oh God. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we lift up praise to the Lord tonight in the house? Come on. A victory praise. Tonight, Cody, go where you feel led up there. But tonight, I want to open the altars for us to linger and pray for our country. Let's see this all the way through, guys, to victory. I want to open the altars. And I want to call the prayer team tonight. Thank you. We're going to receive an offering in just a moment. Church is really helping me out. I've been forgetting the offering the last three weeks. But in just a moment, we're going to open up the altars for everyone to seek the Lord, to call forth for this victory. It's time, amen? It's time. Say it tonight. It's time. It's here. It's done. You may be seated. Ushers, would you come tonight? If you need an offering envelope tonight, we want to serve you. Those of you online, you can easily give victoryfla.com safely and securely. Thank you for your faithfulness of giving, everybody. If you need an offering envelope, just lift your hand high. For those of you that are giving on your app or the website, thank you so much. So I want to tell you just something. 
we uh, we went we we tried to go to bed last night around 10:30 or 11, and our our um, hotel was just filled with young women that had come from all over the country to protest, and um, they were they were loud and partying all through the night, and uh, we thought by 1 a.m. that it would finally be over. And Steve finally said at around 3.30, we were still awake. And he said, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. It's never going to end. And finally, about 4 a.m., it got quiet. And um, I felt like I fell asleep. And then my alarm went off at 6. And so um, then I was able to get to the airport and be delayed today and then get home. Um, I, I, I don't feel like I've ever been more exhausted in my life. I'm just so drained. I feel like the Lord took me as a towel and just wrung me out in D.C. He used every bit of everything that I am. And um, tonight he's just been helping me to stand here and to deliver this word. And um, I appreciate you just staying with me. I appreciate your... I so appreciate your prayers. I love our church so much. I love this body. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for the quality people that you are. Thank you for being generous with me and blessing me to go. You know, my, my wife didn't give me permission to go. My wife sent me. There's a difference. She sent me. She commissioned me. And I really, yeah, thanks, Brent. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Thanks, Brent. <laughs> but when I go, I really feel the commissioning of the church. And um, I know Dutch is not watching tonight, but I just want to thank Dutch. And I want to thank the team for covering me and Steve and praying for us as well. I'm just so grateful for who we are in connection with and, uh, and in alignment with. I'm so grateful love you. You ready to give tonight? Ready to give? Father, Father, I pray tonight is a miracle offering to the glory of God. Lord, that you would hit this offering with something special. Lord, an anointing that would release prosperity to your people, an abundance that is radical, that you do something stunning for this house and for everyone attached, Lord, to this ministry. Lord, we loose our faith tonight, just as Mary loosed her faith to you, Jesus. Just as Hannah released her faith to you, Father. Lord, tonight we pray for miracles to be released to America tonight. We speak over the seed, the blessing of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Ushers, go right ahead. Tonight, I feel, um, I feel like we're to do this. Um, when I grew up in the church, our altars were filled with people that lingered and prayed. I loved the altars. People lingered. People spent quality time in the altars being with God. 
I just implore you tonight, find an, a place in this altar, find a place in this sanctuary to call upon the Lord for America tonight and call this thing finished and call it to completion and call it to being done for the glory of God. Would you do that tonight? Would you stand? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you tonight. This place is an altar unto you for your fire and your glory to rest upon. You are here. Why don't you come, church? The altars are open. Let's be with God tonight. I love you and I bless you. It's going to be a miracle week. Come. Come to the Lord.